We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 28th, 2011. And continuing with the, the train of thought, it seems like one uh, topic is kind of merged into the next. The title of this article is More U.S. Companies Now Covering Transgendered Surgery. This is from Associated Press, just from February 21st of this year, <clears throat> out of San Francisco. More and more large co- corporations, including Coca-Cola, Campbell's Soup, and Walt Disney, are covering surgery for transgendered employees as part of their health care plans. Walt Disney? Oh, yeah. Walt Disney. Well, 40% of their executives are, are homosexuals, their highest level executives. You know, <clears throat> I've done a whole 10-part series on Walt Disney, how wicked and morally bankrupt they are. <clears throat> But yeah, they're uh, they're covering transgendered uh, surgeries, part of their healthcare plans. The trend follows a concerted push by transgendered rights advocates to get employers and insurers to see sex reassignment the way the American Medical Association does. This is how sick and disgusting the American Medical Association is. The AMA they see it as a medically indicated rather than an optional procedure. Can you imagine the state of, of affairs when, when things are so sick and warped and perverted in this world, particularly in America, where they're viewing sexual reassignment, sex changes, changing from a man to a woman or a woman to a man or who knows what else, as medically indicated. In other words, it's not an option. It'd be like... Somebody coming in and they've got, you know, all their coronary artery, you know, everything's blocked up and they've got to have emergency heart surgery. Well, that's medically indicated, right? Well, they're viewing this this, uh, um, sex change operation as medically indicated now. I mean, that is so sickening. I, I can't even comprehend it. The number is expected to go up dramatically this year when the nation's largest gay rights lobbying group adds availability of surgery-inclusive medical benefits to the criteria in its annual corporate diversity report card. Kraft Foods, AT&T, Yahoo, Eastman Kodak, Sears, and State Farm are among 85 large businesses and law firms that cover the cost of at least one Surgery. And that's out of Associated Press. They're not even trying to hide it. Can you, I mean, I can't imagine more of a waste of money than than getting, I mean, more of an abomination in God's eyes, uh, other than uh, abortion, than, than having a sex change. And driving insurance rates up because all of the people in those particular companies are paying for that stinking sex change that deluded pervert is requesting. Unbelievable. I mean, just... This stuff is so grievous to report on on a week-to-week basis. You've really got to try to... I really try to kind of psych myself up just to go over this information because it it really is twisted. It is the depths of Satan, essentially. 
<clears throat> California, this is the next report, California wants lesbians as mandatory role models. Family advocates call it the worst school sexual indoctrination ever. I'll tell you, what's going on in, in California is just, they're, they're at the spear tip, I'd have to say, just about, <clears throat> of perversion. This is from World Daily Net. Lawmakers in the state of California are proposing a law that would require schools to portray lesbians, homosexuals, transsexuals, and those who have chosen other alternative sexual lifestyles as positive role models to children in all public schools there. Not just to not say anything bad about them, but now we've got to go beyond that. We've got to... We've got to extol the, the um, these perverts, these degenerate, these degenerates, as positive role models. It's not enough to not talk about them in a bad way. No, 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 no. Now they're positive role models. Now they're somebody that we should emulate. SB 48 is the worst school indoctrination ever. It is how the officials with the Campaign for Children and Families describe the proposal. SB 48, sponsored by... State Senator Mark Leno, who is an openly homosexual, homosexual, Leno boasts on his website of founding a business with his life partner, I would assume lover, Douglas Jackson, who later died of AIDS complications. So imagine that. Most of them have the morals of alley cats and they go out and, you know, I've, I've reported on that many, many times. That's not, you know, any, any secret there. So this guy, this State Senator Mark Leno is an open homosexual. The description as worst is considerable, considering the Campaign for Children and Families was a key player in this battle in the state in 2007 and 2008 over a variety of laws that now forbid any adverse portrayal of those alternative sexual choices in school, class, curriculum, and by teachers. Uh, You're not going to get any of that from me. I'll tell you that right now. I won't shut my mouth about it. You know, they'll have to they'll have to take me off. <clears throat> and as long as God lets me speak about it, I'll still I'll still still keep saying it. Um, on its website, the organization explains the plan by homosexual activist Leno would quote require all students starting as early as kindergarten in social studies class to admire Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender role models. You sick devil. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke that devil. This state senator Leno and all his ilk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said that it's better that a millstone hung about their neck and they be cast in the midst of the sea than they offend one of these little ones that believeth on me. There's going to come a day there's going to come a day when judgment will begin at the house of the Lord and these devils, I believe, are going to start being judged by God. they got no fear of God, but someday they're going to have fear of God. Someday, I really believe certain things are going to start transpiring in, in a miraculous, horrific fear of God-like way where these people are going to be shown, um, be shown by God that they are just but men. God will judge them. Whether it's in this life or the next. But this really, I mean, when you talk about defiling 
little kids, you know, and in, in, in brainwashing them into a system of perversion. I mean, I don't think there's anything that gets me more hot under the collar than that, when you start to offend little ones. That, I mean, that is the height of sickness. But see, these devil perverts, these gays and lesbians and transgender, these devils, okay, they've got to bring everybody down to their level. They have got to defile humanity. They've got to have acceptance of their perversions. Because then, hey, if everybody's accepting it, it can't be too bad, right? We, we don't have to be in the closet anymore. We can come out and just, we can put our perverseness right in your face and you can't say a thing about it. In fact, no, we're gonna, we, want it to, we want even more than that. We want you to admire us. Oh, you're never going to get me to admire you. I'd rather die before I would admire or extol the virtues of some gay, lesbian, or transgender out there. I will gladly accept death before I will ever do that, ever, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm sorry, but if this don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. And these are things I do believe we should pray specifically against. And it's because, not my listeners, but it's because the church in general has failed to really take a stand. And they really can't. For the most part. Some churches have. But because they have their 501c3 corporate status and the government gave them their right to exist, and part of that corporate status, part of keeping that, part of keeping that tax-exempt status, part of keeping their subsidies from the government, is that they're really not supposed to make any political statements trying to drive their congregation this way or that way. They're supposed to keep their mouth shut about these types of issues when it comes to the government and, and these types of, of, of issues. Technically speaking, that's what they should be doing. Because they're the ones that sign the documents. And this is why the church is gelded. For the most part in America. The state is their creator. And as their creator, it can tell them what it can and can't say. And I don't know what spiritually happens to a church when you take a 501c3 corporate status. There's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus Christ said to do it, that's for sure. We're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, right? Well, if this government, I mean, all of this stuff that I'm talking about, virtually most of it, is government-sponsored, or the government is behind it, or backing it in some way, shape, or form. If that's not the definition of an unbeliever, I don't know what is. It's one horrific story, one abomination after another. And the government, for the most part, is behind a lot of what we talk about on a week-to-week basis. Well, that's who they're yoked up with. And there's a lot of other religions that have that same status. First Church of Satan has it, 501c3. A lot of pagan organizations, a lot of overt, you know. You're all on the level playing field regarding the government if you have that status. You're all considered, you know, basically the same 501c3 corporate um, corporate religious organization. Anyway, <clears throat> this is just unbelievable. So, Leno proposes this where it's not going to be enough to just not say anything about it. They have to admire the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgenders as role models. Role models. Yeah, why don't they go over the, the statistics of the gays and the lesbians and the transgender and how... Let's, let's just discuss life expectancy. I believe for the average uh, gay guy, it's 52 years old. Which is, you know, that's only like 25 
uh, years less than the average male, 52. Why? Because of all of the things that their lifestyle brings on them, particularly with uh, communicable and sexually transmitted diseases. The Bible talks about the wicked not living out half their days. I think of that verse when I see that life expectancy. And, and th- I mean, I've discussed the, the, the trends before in the homosexual and bisexual and transgendered. I mean, it is horrific, the statistics, regarding every aspect of their lives. And they, they act like it's so wonderful and this and that, and you have to accept us. I don't have to accept anything that's of, that's of Satan. You won't make me do it either. So, under this new proposed law, textbooks, teachers, and school boards will be forced, forced, to promote homosexual, same-sex marriage, bisexuality, transsexuality, sex change operations, cross-dressing as positive role models. Now, please, if you're one of these teachers and you're on the precipice of being forced to do this, you don't need to email me to ask me what I think you should do. I would quit in a heartbeat. I would not participate in this in any way, shape, or form. But I'll lose my job. Well, you know what? God can provide another way. Do you have the faith to believe that God can provide another way for you to make a living? If if he has to feed you in the wilderness with ravens, he can do that. But you have to have the faith to believe it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm not saying that because I'm acting all sanctimonious and I think I'm so much better. I'm just saying, it's a no-brainer for me. You know, if if I were even put in this position, I'm sorry, but I would not do it. I lost my last job because of the purely the moral stand I took. Purely. So it's not like I haven't been there done. And it was over a lot less than this. Way less than this. So I've been there and done it. I've already lost, you know, a job over that. It was a long time ago, but I was working for a corporation that was, you know, wanting me to do some things from a chiropractic standpoint that I really believe were unethical. And were if they weren't black, it was gray. And I pointed it out to them. And I wrote them a big letter. And they had, they had hundreds of doctors and nobody had done this. And I was one of their most favorite doctors. I mean, the owner of the company would personally come down to get adjusted by me. I was one of the only ones he would even let anyone lay his hands on. He liked the way I adjusted them. And I took a stand. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this. It's insane. And I showed them how they're opening themselves up to liability risk and how it's not ethical and this and that. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. And they ended up coming in one day and they gave me a notice and they said, well, I'm sorry, but you're terminated. And I'm like, I'm like, it was a relief, but I said, well, why? He says, well, Florida's a no-fault state. We don't have to tell you why. They didn't really have a reason because everything that I brought up was ethical. Everything that I brought up was true and right. Not to say I'm like perfect or anything, but these issues were so black and white to me. And I was really trying to save them from potential lawsuits at the same time. What I was telling them was good advice. But for some reason or another, they wanted to do it their way. Fine, have it your way. 
Don't say you weren't warned. And that was the last time I've worked for anybody. And God's taken care of me ever since then. In various ways. And, and sometimes he's not just, it's not going to just be one thing where he takes care of you. There may be multiple ways that mm, funds come in, or this or that, you know. It's, but it's kind of like living by faith. I've done it for many years. Granted, I could be making a ton more money if I would have stayed doing what I was doing, most likely. You know. But I just had the more, and I felt like this minister was way more, more important than another chiropractor, you know, on, you know, practicing in Florida, where there's a glut of them anyway. So, anyway. Let's just look at some verses that, that kind of line up or talk about this particular subject. Romans one twenty six through 28 says, For this cause, this is regarding <clears throat> gays and lesbians, for this cause God gave them up to vile affections. That's just what God views it as. For even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Meaning, if women were only here with women, it's against nature. If a woman lies with a woman, it's against nature. It's, there's nothing good that can come out of it. You can't procreate. You can't. You can't. Um, you can't procreate your race. Two women with women, or two men with two men. It's against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how another guy can look at another guy and, you know, I don't understand that. But, that's what happens. It's demonic, I'm sorry. It is demonic. I mean, not sorry, but I mean, some people in the past have gotten offended when I've said that. I'm like, I'm, listen, what, how, what other thing, can you say it's holy? You know? <clears throat> and receiving in themselves that recompense of air which was meat. That word meet means proper, fitting, or apt in the King James. And even they did not like to, as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. See, this is again why this whole transhumanism, singularity, all the stuff we were talking about today. Why? Because they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. They want to be God. They want to be as gods. Because if they're a God, they don't have to retain any God in their, in their knowledge. They don't have to answer to any God because they are God, right? That's what they're they're deluded into thinking. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And again, that word means proper, apt, fitting. Who knowing, going, going forward to verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So, how does God feel about homosexuality? Well, he says, they which commit such things are worthy of death. See, this is why homosexuals hate the King James Bible. A lot of these other watered-down Bibles have taken all these references out. They've, re- they've removed the, the references to sodomites and, and put in temple prostitutes in place of that. Or watered it down even more than that. That's why it's very important what Bible you're reading. <clears throat> They which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Remember, this whole agenda to shove all this garbage down our throat constantly with this, this homosexual movement? 
Well, they have pleasure in them to do them. They want to get other people doing it too. They want to get other people participating in their same perversions because they have pleasure in other people that do them as well as themselves. Hey, everybody's doing it. It must be okay, right? <clears throat> Leviticus 20.13. I understand this is Old Testament, but this is what the Bible says in the Old Testament you were to do with um, a homosexual. If a man also lieth with mankind as he lieth with woman, both of them have committed an abomination, and they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon, upon them. In other words, the blood's not going to be upon the land. It's not going to defile the land. It's going to be upon them. They're going to bear their own sins. And then you go to Leviticus 18, 22 through 30, and it says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. That's bestiality. That's, oh, wow. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Yeah, you're right about that. And God is not the author of confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. Now, again, these are moral commandments of God. Okay, these aren't like ceremonial Old Testament Levitical commandments. Like, you know, not plowing with an ox and a mule together. Or or not wearing clothing that has different, um, combining different, uh, fabrics together, these types of things. More, those are ceremonial. These are moral commandments. Okay, moral commandments don't change. Okay, now I'm not saying we go out and kill people. I'm saying that the morality of the commandment doesn't change just because it's Old Testament. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Defile ye not, defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled. Now, this also includes child sacrifice. Sacrificing your children unto Moloch, which in today's day and age is nothing more than going to the abortion clinic and and getting an abortion. It's just in that case, it's more to the God of self. But the occultists that own the abortion clinics, much of the time, are viewing these as holy child sacrifices to their respective God, or goddess, like Artemis, or Lilith, or Molech, or Chemosh, or Marduk. Take your pick. It depends what pagan deity you choose to worship as the center of your belief system. But it's well known that these witches and warlocks own these abortion clinics, for much of them. Many times they do. Not only are they making money, but they're also getting a sacrifice, and they're gaining more power through these Human sacrifices. And the highest sacrifice you can actually have is a baby. And in this case, an unborn baby. It's beyond disgusting, reprobate, and sickening. But it's condoned in in this country. It's legalized. Unbelievable. And the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out it, out her inhabitants. I hate to say that, but this is most likely what's coming to America. 50 million aborted babies? And that, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, and back in the Old Testament, it probably wasn't taking place on near of a grand scale as it is in America. And now, you, you can go worldwide. Statistics worldwide 
say that there's been about a billion, or over a billion at this point, abortions in like the last, I don't know, around 100 years, 90 years, worldwide. I mean, all those babies count as well. The world is defiled with the blood of the innocent. The world is covered in the blood of the innocents. I can't even imagine how grieved the Lord Jesus Christ must be with all of this. And it's it's hard for me to comprehend him not... I mean, I understand not every country is the same, but not judging, you know, being merciful like he's been. It's, it's amazing. Because the Bible says the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. That's what we should be expecting to happen in America. This is what we should be expecting. Now, I'm not saying the remnant who is right with the Lord, you know, pray that you be kind of worthy to escape all the things coming upon the earth and to stand before the Son of Man, as Jesus said. Okay? I'm not saying for them to be vomited out, but I'm saying humanity in general. And the lukewarm. Well, what does the Bible say in Revelation 3? That he's going to vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth. The Laodicean lukewarm church that are neither hot nor cold. And they think they're in need of nothing, but in God's eyes they're weak, wretched, naked before him. And then it goes on to say, Ye shall keep my statutes and my judgments, and ye shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you, and the land is defiled. See, the land gets cursed and defiled. That the land spew not you out also when ye defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them, shall be cut off from among among their people. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs which were committed before, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Pretty stern warning. It was just two years ago, now going back to this article, it was just two years ago when the campaign launched the Rescue Your Child effort to encourage parents to withdraw their children from public schools because of such indoctrination. That followed work by the legislature of then-Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger to establish Bill 777 and Assembly Bill 392 as law. Those institutionalized the promotion of homosexuality, bisexuality, transgenderism, and other alternative lifestyle choices by banning any adverse references in schools. So that's what these two bills that good old Nazi death's head Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bill, Senate Bill 777, Assembly Bill 392, these, these bills institutionalize the promotion of homosexuality, bisexual and transgenderism, and alternative lifestyles by banning any adverse references. Now, what this other guy's wanting, this Leno, homos, open homosexual state senator, he's wanting them to be admired openly, forcing people to admire them, like they're some kind of folk hero. At the time, officials said SB 777 functionally requires public school instructional materials and school-sponsored activities to positively portray cross-dressing, 
sex change operations, and homosexual marriages in all aspects of homosexuality and bisexuality, including so-called gay history. The second bill, AB 394, requires public schools to distribute controversial material to teachers, students, and parents which promotes transsexuality, bisexuality, and homosexuality, all under the guise of the anti-harassment training. Those laws ban in any schools, events, class, or activities any discriminatory bias against those who have chosen alternative sexual lifestyles, according to Meredith Turney, legislative liaison for the Capital Resource Institute. But there is no similar protections for students with traditional or conservative lifestyles and beliefs. Offenders will face the wrath of the, of the State Department of Education up to and including lawsuits. So, don't think that you're going to get any equal protection for Bible-believing Christianity, or Christianity in any way, shape, or form. The transsexuals, the bisexuals, and all the other perverts are going to have privileged, protected stats, but they're not going to have that when they die and they drop into hell. They're going to have no privileges and protections then. I pray if it be possible their souls be saved, but I do not pray that they prosper in their wickedness, in their efforts to defile little children and humanity. And this is why I did that teaching on Psalm 64, for this very type of thing. Imprecatory prayers in Psalm 64. Not because I want anybody to go to hell, but because when God judges wickedness, good things happen. All men will see in fear and declare the work of God for they will wisely consider of his doing, and the righteous will be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart will glory. When? When God shoots at them with an arrow, and then suddenly that they're wounded. God's judgment's coming. California has now mandated, this is unbelievable, it gets just worse and worse. California has mandated that public schools honor Harvey Milk, a homosexual act activist and reported sexual predator, as well as an advocate for Jim Jones, the leader of the massacred hundreds at Jonestown, Guyana. SaveCalifornia.com led a statewide battle against Harvey Milk Day. They had a Harvey Milk Day. Before California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger signed SB 572, the bill designates May 21st as Harvey Milk's birthday a date of special significance and encourages all California public schools to conduct suitable commemorative exercises remembering the life of pervert and degenerate Harvey Milk. I added the other two things in. And recognized his accomplishments as well as the contribution he made to this state. End of quote. I'm not making this stuff up. That's the fruit of Arnold Schwarzenegger right there in the California legislature. Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke that devil. Mm. Unbelievable. Next article. Congressman uh, says we should welcome gay clergy and same-sex dating. A Colorado congressman on the Air Force Academy's advisory board on Saturday urged the Academy superintendent to create a welcoming atmosphere for openly gay and lesbian cadets. U.S. Representative Jairus Paulus, who is also gay, just like Leno, just like Harvey Milk, 
said the Academy should encourage inclusion in the wake of the November 30th repeal of the military's don't ask, don't tell policy that barred service people by people that barred service by people who are openly gay. The Boulder Democrat suggested, evidently publication, suggested the Academy should consider hiring gay and lesbian chaplains and said cadets should become should be welcome to bring the date of their choice to an Air Force Academy ball and other social functions. It is more than tolerance and respect, Paula said at the Board of Visitors meeting at the Academy. It's really being able to, from a military perspective, be stronger through the diversity that we have in our force. The, di- the discussion on gay cadets came as the Pentagon prepares to open the ranks to homosexuals following the congressional repeal of policies banning gays and court decisions that mandate that change. So again, we've got a lot of high-ranking people that are openly, I mean, representatives, state senators, you name it, and they're openly really trying to push the envelope for more and more inclusion of the gay, lesbian, Sodom and Gomorrah lifestyle. Unbelievable. And let's see here. The last article is, we're going to listen to a clip from uh, Obama as he trashes um, biblical marriage, which, you know, it it relates to the subject. You know, they're trashing biblical marriage. Now he's saying that they're, you know, they're not going to defend it anymore. And yet then they're, but they're going out of the way to defend gay, lesbian, transgender, you know, sex changes and to promote them in in the school systems and, and to make sure that, that, you know, they're promoted in the military and how dare we say anything against these wonderful pillars of our, of society, you know. They're all demon-possessed with the toenails, but other than that, you know, it's all good, right? So, this is a, um, we're going to play this to almost the 10-minute mark, and there's two things, um, uh, I'll give you some links here, other links you can click on as well, but I'm going to go ahead and play this now. Now, we're going to be hearing from a Fox News report, okay? Liberal, you know, media, they're even shocked over this. The liberal media is even shocked over this. You can tell. I mean, it's it's rather telling their reaction here. So, I'm going to go ahead and roll this clip now. Meantime, there is this Fox News alert. The Obama administration has just announced that it will no longer defend the same-sex marriage, no, the Defense of Marriage Act in court. They call it DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act. President Clinton signed this thing. It allows states to refuse to recognize same-sex unions from other states. It has been in place for more than a decade. And the U.S. Attorney General, Eric Holder, has just announced that President Obama does not believe the the law is constitutional, and neither does Eric Holder. They're no longer going to be enforcing this federal law that's on the books, passed by Congress, signed by President Clinton, and still very much a law. Joining me now on the phone to react to the breaking news is Maggie Gallagher. She's chairman of the National Organization for Marriage. Maggie, uh, this is is stunning because President Obama has made no secret of the fact that he doesn't like the Defense of Marriage Act. uh, And yet they've also been open at the White House about the fact that while they would like to see it repealed, 
They know the U.S. Congress will not repeal this act, given the current makeup of it. And in the wake of that admission, we get this <laughs> announcement from the Department of Justice that they're going to go another route. They're just not going to ever defend it. This is an end run, really, around our normal constitutional processes, and we're going to be seeing a lot more of this by President Obama now that he faces a Republican-dominated Congress. He not only is refusing to defend the law, he has unilaterally declared that gay is like black, that orientation is now subjected to strict scrutiny. I actually do not recall ever you know, a, a, an attorney general getting in front of the courts in deciding uh, what's a classification subject to strict scrutiny under the law. Well, I want to so tell our viewers what you're talking about, so for those who, who aren't neck deep in, in, in legalese, uh, you know, in this country, we have certain protected classes, and if you discriminate against a protected class, then that, and that person, a person in one of those classes sues you, uh, it's a little bit easier for them to sue you, and it's a little tougher for you to defend your actions. And protected classes right now include uh, uh, blacks, uh, women, uh, people over the age of 40, people who have disabilities, and so on. And the gay and lesbian lobby has pushed to make gay and lesbian people a protected class. Some yeah, states they like get it New by York. Legislation, and they right, so let, let me just say I'm going to go right back to you. Right. But some states like New York have recognized them as, as a part of a protected class. But so far at the federal level, no. And yet, Maggie, you're telling me that essentially what, what the president, what Eric Holder are doing in this declaration is saying, actually, that's all changing now at the federal level. Well, right. I don't think it's ever been done in history that I can recall, really, that you just usually you either pass a law protecting a class of people, and then you have to get it through Congress with a, with a vote, or you the courts decide that this group is worthy of or, or needs this kind of special protection. So this is a total end run around it. But here's the good news, Megan. President Obama wasn't really defending this law at all. His Justice Department was trying to throw this case. And I think this now opens up for the House to intervene in this case and to get somebody in court who actually wants to defend the law. So in a backwards way, I think it's going to end up being good news for the Defense of Marriage Act. Well, is that what's going to happen? Because just so our viewers know, the Department of Justice, well, however you feel about this law, whether you like this law or you don't like this law, the Department of Justice's job is to defend the laws that are on the books, the federal laws that are on the books. And it is now saying that pursuant to President Obama's feeling that this law is unconstitutional, and Eric Holder says he's a, he agrees, they're just not going to do it. Well, no, so what, what, what I'm now? telling you is that there, when the government refuses, when the, the executive branch refuses to defend a law, there are multiple cases in history of the House voting to intervene and represent its interests because, you know, Congress passes these laws, too. So I think that's what's going to actually happen, although this is probably breaking news for anyone out there. We're, we're certainly going to be pushing very hard for Congress to vote simply to defend this law and to make a case before the court that the union of marriage is one man and one woman is not irrational bigotry and that states have a right to define uh, marriage in this way. Maggie, in the meantime, in the meantime, what does this mean as a practical matter? Does it, does it mean now that, they're, now that the, the, the Obama White House and the Attorney General have said they believe that this law is unconstitutional, does it have any legal effect? Does it now mean well, that if you, if you get married in a same-sex union in Massachusetts, you can go down to Texas and force Texas to recognize it? Well, it's legally odd because what we have right now is only one court decision from a federal trial court in the first district. So if they refuse to pursue this case, right now it would mean that that and the House does not intervene. That would mean that DOMA was overturned only in the First Circuit, and it would take additional legal action 
which may be fast following. There may be a gay couple uh, in a variety of other states who will then push to sue in other courts. Um, that will also give more people, by the way. You may soon be in a situation where the governors of states could be legal parties to defend and uphold DOMA. The bottom line is this fight is not over yet. It's really just begun. No, but this is an extraordinary extra-constitutional measure, I believe, by President Obama. Uh, not only what he did, but the way he's doing it and what he's trying to do without any consent of Congress or the governed. Well, because it's not coincidental that they just they just acknowledged, the White House Press Secretary outgoing, Robert Gibbs, just acknowledged uh, a couple of weeks ago that they knew they couldn't get the repeal of Defense of Marriage Act, basically, uh, you right. know, allowing, which governs same-sex unions, says marriage is between a man and a woman. They knew they couldn't get that repealed, given the makeup of the current Congress. There's too many Republicans in control of the House, too many Republicans in the Senate who don't, who don't favor it. And there's actually some Democrats who don't favor the repeal of this That's as well. Right. It, was, it was signed into law by a Democrat, Bill Clinton. And they acknowledge we can't do it that way, and now we get this announcement they're going to do it another way, essentially. Maggie, thank you for your thoughts on it, folks. This is breaking news. This is not the last you're going to hear. So essentially what we have now is not a government really anymore. It's just a rogue dictatorship. Obama's gotten to the point where he doesn't really care anymore what anybody thinks. And he's just, if he wants to do something, he's just going to do it. And, you know, of course, anything that's moral and upright, he's going to attack that. Anything that's perverse and degenerate, he's going to promote that. And this is what we're seeing here, unfortunately. Let's continue. Hear about this on uh, any of the newscasts across this nation today, and we will have much more on it uh, from a legal expert coming up just a little, a little bit later this hour. I got to go, but I have to. I can't let you go without asking you about this breaking news we started the show with, which is now the administration has decided to declare that the Defense of Marriage Act, which declares marriage uh, as defines marriage as between a man and a woman. Signed by President Clinton, they, they, they have declared that that is unconstitutional and said that they are no longer going to enforce it. It's beyond belief, Megan. It's beyond belief. We are a nation of laws, not of men. We are governed by the rule of law. And what the Constitution says is that the President of the United States doesn't get to decide which laws he likes and which ones he's going to enforce. He's the chief executive. The law is on the books, the Defense of Marriage Act. It is his responsibility under the Constitution to enforce that law, not just to decide, well, I don't like that law, so I'm not going to enforce it. That is, to me, that is a form of dictatorship. That is Mubarak Obama. I mean, that is, you can't just pick and choose which law you're going to enforce when you're president of the United States or the attorney general. Something this big and this controversial, you have to wonder, you know, if a... If a Isn't it ironic that a secular news station is so up in arms about, I mean, you'd almost expect the same reaction from a Christian news station, but it's so over the top, what they're doing, even the secular news stations are defending and, and, and basically saying how wrong this is, what he did. Uh, pretty amazing that they would react this way. Republican president just decided we're no longer going to enforce the laws that protect gays <clears throat> because we don't believe in those. There would be quite a national outcry. If President Bush had done that, there would be calls for his impeachment. I think this is a very serious story. All right, we're going to have much more on it as, uh, as the show goes on. Monica Crowley, thank you for weighing thank in you, as Megan. well. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi already tweeting out her reaction a short time ago, <clears throat> saying she is thrilled that the Justice Department will no longer defend what she calls an indefensible statute and saying all American families should be treated equally. The Department of Justice now saying it will no longer defend this law.
Jay Sekulow is chief counsel at the American Center for Law and Justice. Alan Combs is joining me momentarily. We're just getting him mic'd up. But, uh, Jay, let me start with you. First, tell the viewers who are not as steeped in this as you are what this means. Well, the Defense of Marriage Act was passed, as you said, in 1996, uh, signed by President Clinton, and it basically gave the states the right to not recognize a same-sex marriage from another state. The interesting issue here is no matter what side of the debate you're on, whether you're in favor of same-sex marriage or opposed to it, the idea that the President of the United States can order the Department of Justice to not defend a law duly passed by Congress and signed by then-President Clinton should send shockwaves uh, through anybody that's concerned about civil rights and civil liberties. And here's why. Let's say Congress passes a law protecting uh, minorities from uh, racial discrimination. And the President of the United States at the time signs it. And then two years later or another term later, another President comes and says, I don't like that law anymore. Justice Department, don't defend a duly enacted law passed by Congress. The answer to that would be, that's absurd. Of course, the President is not the king. He doesn't get to make decrees. He's the chief executive. The Department of Justice has an obligation, an affirmative obligation, to defend a law unless a court were to declare it unconstitutional at the highest level. That would be the Supreme Court of the United States under, of course, the Marbury case, the famous case giving the Supreme Court the right to review acts of Congress. The president doesn't get to make that decision on his own. That's the danger in this, and it really has nothing to do, in a sense, with same-sex marriage, although the president is meeting one of his political objectives, which, if you could do it through the legislative process, would be one thing. But doing it through a process of decree is uh, completely wrong, in my view. All right. Uh, Alan's here with me. I hope hopefully mic'd up. Alan, thank you for being uh, yeah. here. Uh, speak to that. Okay, so that's basically the, the gist of it. Uh, <clears throat> I wish I had better news to report on, but again, these are things that uh, I, I would say, you know, to arm yourself with this type of knowledge, to pray against this wickedness, pure, unadulterated wickedness. And, and again, you can see that the wickedness that we report on, I mean, this is four, we're going into four hours of this today. Um, four parts, four hours. Uh, it's just, it really is increasing exponentially at this point. And um, we just need to pray against this. And if necessary, if you feel so convicted to fast and to ask the Lord where, you know, what does he want you to do regarding the day and times we're living in, both in your own life and, and also when you hear these things, these types of, of, uh, of things that are taking place that, uh, have to be just beyond grievous to a holy God. I mean, if it grieves us, can you imagine how the Lord Jesus Christ feels about this? I mean, he's perfect, he's holy, and I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. So that's all we really have for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us to let us to come again, Lord, to put these things out. Um, I do pray, God, wherever your word or your truth is being preached worldwide, Lord God, that you would bless it. Lord, that you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer pray you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, that you would use the body of Christ, Lord, my listeners mightily, Lord God, in the days and times to come, wherever your word or truth is being preached, whatever ministries are doing this, whatever people, uh, I just pray, God, you bless them and multiply their efforts.
We claim Psalm 64, Lord God, against this wickedness that we have talked about today. This wickedness that's taking place on so many different levels. Whether it be in our government, whether it be in Hollywood, whether it be... I mean, there's so many different levels, Lord, this wickedness is taking place on. And we claim Psalm 64 against this. Not because we want to see people die and go to hell, Lord. But that we know that when you judge wickedness, people end up getting saved, Lord. Just like Ananias Ananias and Sapphira, when you judge them. Many were saved, and great fear fell on the camp. I pray for the fear of God to be on this wicked world, on these wicked people. I pray for the fear of God to be even on the body of Christ, that it would drive us toward a deeper relationship with you. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying of snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.